Welcome to your Sunday Reader. Today we'll be discussing the readings for the first Sunday in Lent, 2010. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses spoke to the people, saying, The priest shall receive the basket from you, and shall set it in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean, who went down to Egypt with a small household, and lived there as an alien. But there he became a nation, great, strong, and numerous. When the Egyptians maltreated and oppressed us, imposing their hard labor upon us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and he heard our cry, and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. He brought us out of Egypt, with his strong hand and outstretched arm, with terrifying power, with signs and wonders, and bringing us into this country, he gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. Therefore I have now brought you the first fruits of the products of the soil, which you, O Lord, have given me. And having set them before the Lord your God, you shall bow down in his presence. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. You who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, say to the Lord, my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. No evil shall befall you, nor shall affliction come near your tent. For to his angels he has given command about you, that they guard you in all your ways. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. Upon their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the asp and the viper. You shall trample down the lion and the dragon. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. Because he clings to me, I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he acknowledges my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in distress. I will deliver him and glorify him. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, what does Scripture say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we preach. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart, and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth, and so is saved. For Scripture says, No one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, enriching all who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for forty days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during these days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, 
Then he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give you all this power and glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. Jesus said to him in reply, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then he led him to Jerusalem, made him stand on the parapet of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him in reply, It also says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to your Sunday Reader. I'm Father Brian and I'm here with Don. Hello. And Don, we missed you last week on the podcast. So I had to fly sorry. solo again. Oh boy. Well, it's a good but, thing you're capable of doing that. That's right. Uh-huh. Yes, my mother pushed me out of the nest a few <laughs> times and then finally I was able to fly, kind of like the birds there. But, I never learned that. <laughs> yeah. At least not yet. <laughs> oh, and it's Lent already. Oh, no, how is that possible? I, I don't know. It seems like we just finished Christmas and everything and... All of a sudden, it's Lent again. Oh dear, it's it's amazing, totally amazing. Yep, yep. Well, time does seem to keep flying, whether we're flying solo or duo. <laughs> <laughs> These readings today, of course, open up the whole beginning of the season of Lent, and it starts with Jesus's temptation in the desert, where he went into the desert for forty days, which is what we are doing symbolically in Lent. There's forty days of Lent. The Sundays, of course, we don't count as part of the forty days because Sundays in the church, people might not know this, are always feast days. They're always what we call solemnities, so they're solemn feasts. And there is a principle that we apply that comes from Scripture where you can't fast and feast at the same time. Jesus was criticized by the Pharisees in the scripture for having his disciples, or or his disciples were not fasting. They they didn't hold to the fast. And Jesus' response is, you can't fast when the bridegroom is present, or you can't fast when you're celebrating, but there will come a time when my disciples too will fast. And that's time is now. <laughs> we have now hit that time. So does that mean that this... on my Lenten fast, whatever I'm giving up, can I cheat on Sundays? You can't. Now, one of the things with this, and different people give you different answers to that, and always your whatever you give up for Lent, that's not required by the church. That That's your own personal spirituality or your own personal way of entering into the Lenten season. So ultimately, that's for each individual to decide for themselves, um, you know, how they're going to handle that. But they aren't the the Sundays are solemnities, so there is a sense in which we say it's not necessarily appropriate to fast during a solemnity. But some people say I want to hold the whole season in this way, and this is something that I'm doing that brings me into greater relationship with God. And so, if it's bringing you into greater relationship with God, then maybe it isn't fasting in the way that you're truly giving something up, but it is bringing you. It's some way that you've you're doing something that's bringing you closer to God. It might even be by some kind of self-denial. But then is that really a fast or is that a feast because it's bringing me closer to God? Uh. You can frame it that way. So you can, I mean, but it ultimately comes down to what each individual 
person decides for themselves because like the church doesn't have a specific policy such as, you know, everybody's giving up chocolate for the next 40 <laughs> days or something like that. So it doesn't really comment, it doesn't dictate to us how our personal uh, acts of spiritual, how our personal spirituality, how our personal devotions have to be manifested so long as what we're doing is appropriate within the context of Christianity as a whole. So no, you can't fast from going to mass or something <laughs> like that. But, um, you know, certainly, you know, if you're fasting from meat or you're fasting from chocolate or coffee or whatever it is that you might be doing, although people have probably heard my thing about fasting from coffee, um, and I'll tell you in a minute, but, you know, you can, you can decide for yourself. My thing with coffee, I always said, is your fast shouldn't make everybody else around you miserable. And my experience has been people who fast from their coffee coffee tend to do that. So whatever you're doing, don't make it something that's so much of a burden on you that you become therefore a burden on everybody else. <laughs> well, what about you, Father Brian? What um, have Will you be free enough to share with us what you're fasting from or feasting on this Lenten season? Well, what I've decided I am doing is I am, we have um, a cook at the rectory and we are two days a week. And we always tend to have desserts with our meals. And so I'm going to try to um, not do the desserts that's um, on those days, which is actually, for anybody who knows me, I have a huge sweet tooth. And so that is a tough thing for me. And then I'm also trying to add it, because it's not just a season of fasting, but prayer and almsgiving. So I'm trying to find ways to enter into prayer more. I'm going to try to spend uh, some more time in front of the Blessed Sacrament during this um, season. Um, and just, just be in front of, uh, we probably won't have it out necessarily for adoration, but at least in front of the tabernacle there, uh, spending some more time in prayer. And then almsgiving, um, I've decided, really I've been deciding my the focus of my almsgiving has really been the people in Haiti mm -hmm. who I think are really in need of money for rebuilding their society, basically. So th that's kind of been the focus of my almsgiving, mm -hmm. and, and it will continue to be the focus. Very nice. And so, now did you have anything that you wanted to share, or were <laughs> you just, are you still looking for ideas? Well, we're recording this on Ash Wednesday, and so for the past few days, I've been really thinking about what should I do, and so one of the things I'm going to try just on the side is to be more quiet, um, and so that involves, I've decided I will not use my laptop after 9 o'clock at night. And Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't know that I could do that one. one. <laughs> because I do a lot of communication, and but also I just waste a lot of time usually, so that's one, mm -hmm. but... Um, I decided this morning while at Mass that my fasting, uh, will, one of the things I'll fast from is being overly critical of people. and uh, Yes, because you're always so critical. Well, in my head, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> okay. But, um, and then feast on recognizing God's presence in other people. So those times when I'm tempted to be critical of someone, uh, if I slip and fall, fail in that way to offer more prayers for the person to see how God is present in them. So this is an extra difficult thing for me this year. <laughs> Maybe I should well, hide away all year long or all length long. Well, hopefully it'll be something though that does, you know, reap fruits for you that, that brings about some kind of fruit in your life. I, that's what, uh, that's what I feel led to do for myself this year. So who knows? Excellent. Yep. And of course now we've got these biblical readings right. that we should actually probably address too at some point in our Maybe. podcast <laughs> you know it's the, the your sunday reader podcast and <laughs> so, so maybe we'll talk about the readings a little yeah, bit here so. 
The gospel reading, of course, as, as I mentioned, it brought us into this whole the background for Lent, the 40 days in the desert. And one of the things that we learn is in the desert, we often find it. people will talk about it being a place of holiness, and certainly it is, but it's also a place of temptation. And the devil comes to Jesus and he starts, throws out these three temptations. And one of them, of course, is to meet his bodily needs, to feed his hunger. One of them is to worship Satan and then the final one is it's portrayed here in the other Gospels. It's portrayed in different orders. Um, but this one here um, is to – the final one is to put God to the test by um, by throwing himself down from the, the temple. And all of these things you know, you know, are temptations that we, we all experience in different ways. But when we enter into this Lenten season, of course – when we're trying to be holy, that's when the devil is going to be most upset with us. So he's going to try to break that habit from us as soon as he can and in any way that he can. And so it's a time when while we're entering into this season, we have to be mindful of the fact that the devil is going to try to attack us. And he might not he's, – he's, he's wise, the devil. He's, he's smart. He's cunning. And so he might not come after us uh, in the particular thing we're giving up because he knows we're particularly attentive to that. So you know, he might not try to tempt me so much into having dessert on you know, one night or something like that. But he'll probably tempt me in other areas where I'm not paying as much attention to because I'm so focused on whatever it is that I'm doing for Lent. Mm. And that's where we always have to be cautious, I think, um, of the devil attacking us in those areas where we're not as focused on during Lent or something like that. The other thing, though, that I like in Luke's account, and we were talking a little before the podcast, on, is the way that what happens, though, is as we grow in holiness, we grow in this ability to resist the devil. And the devil, unlike God, is fickle. See, God is very, is faithful. That That's his quality that marks him. He loves us. He's constantly seeking us out. We have the image of him as the good shepherd where he's, when we're lost, he's hunting for us. And he's kind of going and looking to every ends of the earth to try to find us. And he doesn't give up in his mission. But the devil is kind of fickle. He gets frustrated and says, okay, well, I'm losing right now. And he leaves. Then he comes back and then he leaves and then he comes back. And he's annoying in that way. Because, you know, he's kind of like that thorn, and he'll poke you for a little while, and then he'll just stop. And then he comes back a few months later, a few weeks later, a few minutes later, and starts poking you again. <laughs> but he's, his, his whole, the mark of the devil is that he's not faithful. He's not even faithful to his own mission to try to distract us because he kind of gives up. And then he comes back, and then he gives up, and then he comes back. And that really is a big difference between God and the devil here is that God is constantly faithful. And because of that, you know, in one, when we know that, when we experience that, what we learn is we don't need to test God. I mean, that, that's part of this whole temptation that it's Jesus says, I, I know God is here. I, I know he's faithful. I don't need to put him to the test. You know, you, on the other hand, with these temptations, let me put you to the test. If I keep resisting you, what are you going to do? Are you going to just give up or are you going to still, um, you know, come at me as if this is a true you know, mission or something like that. Because see, God, when we resist him, does that. You know, we resist God and God doesn't stop loving us or run away or give up in his mission to love us. He, he loves us all the more. <laughs> he keeps throwing this infinite love at us. And the devil doesn't do that. The devil um, kind of takes no for an answer, so to speak, uh, at least for a while. And then he'll come back and nag you again. But 
And that's one way we can always tell sometimes when we're trying to discern things, is this from God or is this a temptation? Sit with it for a while. And that, you'll hear that from spiritual directors a lot. Let it sit over time because if it's from God, it'll, keep, it'll stay there mm-hmm. because God right. doesn't yeah. give up on calling his people. But if it's from the devil, it'll stop. You know, after a while, the devil will take no for an answer. And then he might come and try to tempt you in a new way or a different different thing. But he'll take no for an answer, whereas God doesn't. So if it's from God, it'll be there. That's a good point. At first, when you were talking about it, I was thinking, the devil never leaves. He's always poking me. <laughs> but when you de- <laughs> when you describe it that way about he attacks you in a different way or from a different angle, that is so true. And almost mm-hmm. in that attacking it, tries to distract you from what your purpose was initially. And so he's very cunning, that guy or girl right. or thing, right. I guess. I right. right. And, th- and that's the thing. Yeah. You, you've got it right there is that the devil will come at you, you know, in multiple directions and distract you in any way he can. Mm-hmm. Whereas God is, when he's calling you, if he's calling you something, he's calling you and saying, this is how I am calling you. And he'll keep right. saying, this is how I'm calling you. This is how I'm calling you. You know, like, so for me as a, you know, and the biggest one would be, you know, my own vocation for me. You know, I can sit here and t- I had to test that vocation in the sense of saying, over time, does this go away? Or do I still hear, this is how I'm calling you? Because it would be bad for me to be a priest if that's not what I was calling, mm-hmm. being called to by God, if somebody else was calling me to it. Um, you know, and sometimes people do that or, you know, with marriage or, or anything, you know, in life, if we do it because somebody else is telling us to do it, not, it's not truly coming from God, that's a problem. But one way to tell if it's coming from God is that it keeps, it's there all the time. It, it doesn't go away. If it's coming from the devil, see, the devil will distract you in one way and say, gee, you know, Brian, why don't you become a salesman? And then the next day say, gee, you know, why don't you become a doctor? Gee, why don't you become this? You know, and just throwing out distractions. Right. But he's not consistent. He doesn't, you know, I didn't feel this calling to be a doctor for several years challenging the call to be a priest or something like that. You know, I felt different callings at different times or saying, gee, wouldn't it be nice to have a family or wouldn't it nice to be this, that, and the other thing. But they're all distractions Mm -hmm. from that. And they're never consistent. Boy, there's a lot to this life. There is. There is indeed. And one of the things is done, we have exhausted our time. It doesn't seem like that on this podcast, but... Hopefully people will find a way to enter into this Lenten season. Maybe some of Don or my ideas will help you in your own way to enter into that season. And hopefully you'll listen for that call in your life that's persistent, the one that's constantly there, and not be distracted by the ones that kind of are fleeting and distracting you from the one that is constantly there. Because the one that's constantly there is the one that is from God. And of course, hopefully you'll join us next week on your Sunday reader. Have a good week. God bless. God bless.